authorizing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Welcome to the fire. Welcome to the fire. Today on Church and State, we engage in a theological slugfest. May God have mercy on your soul. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren, once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. Hey, also, you, of course, know this is the only show that takes faith and politics, puts it in the same room. But even even more than that, we take the Holy Spirit and theology and put them in the same room. It's just like oil and water all over the place. Okay, before we come to fisticuffs, let's first point everybody over to churchandstate.media. This is our website where you can download all of our shows and share them with everyone, whether you like them or not. Sometimes the worst torture is to actually share our content with people that dislike us. Uh, yeah, we're looking trigger at factor. Yeah, we like to trigger people on the show. So share those. Also take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. We've got some great affiliates on this program and we've been hitting a lot of the gold. So I want to talk about meat. I like beef. Yeah. Grid down. Yeah. If you like meat as much as I do, and if you hate bugs and you hate the world economic forum and all of that jazz, you're going to want to have storable meat. This is something that, um, unfortunately gave a lot of the, uh, a lot of the companies out there that promote storable food, they kind of miss the mark on the meat, don't they? Not only is it inorganic, it's completely got like all these gross chemicals in it. You can go buy your, you know, I think it's like, I forget the name of the Amazon sells. It's something house or it's like something garbage house is the name of it. You can buy it, but the problem is Caleb, it's cooked. And I used to think, well, who would want uncooked meat? The, the actual beauty of it is you can make anything you want in the Zompocalypse. During the Zompocalypse, and I'm joking, it's not the Zompocalypse. I think we're it, already there. The kingdom of heaven just rolls on, it goes, it goes, it goes. You know how cool it would have been to be living in southern Turkey and you're living in your underground bunker that they found that Christians lived in and they had grid down chow down? You actually had freeze-dried meat you could just get into anytime. Here's the thing. Dollar for dollar, it's the same if you were to buy uh, whatever Amazon supplies, it's pre-cooked. It's got the inorganic chemicals, the fillers, in it, and fillers, and garbage in it. Whatever it tastes like when you when you open it up and you add water, that's what it tastes like. You can't add spices to it. It's already been spiced up. If you buy the seven hundred and fifty dollar package from Grid Down Chowdown, it is per pound the exact same amount. So I'm saying go big or go home. They give you a discount when you buy more. That's the that's the way life works. The guys at Grid Down Chowdown, they hang the meat. They actually hang it. It ages and they don't they don't dehydrate with all that water in it. So you're getting a really good product, grass fed, organic. Last ten to fifteen years. That is an That's incredible insane. shelf life for it. It's it's and it's it's also the weight on this, buddy. Like you 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 talked about the fact that they hang them, but when it is dehydrated it is extremely lightweight and it's not until you add the water to it that you actually get the you know, what you're going to be eating there i own a freeze dryer i own a five thousand dollar unit okay and i've freeze-dried product and it takes forever it's a waste of my time frankly i have to run a family i got a remodel i got 
ministry. I got a podcast. I don't have time to freeze dry stuff. And it takes hours, guys. It's like, okay, those of you who are thinking about buying a machine, don't do it. I'm telling you. <laughs> don't do it. It's a waste of time. You, unless you have kids even even the ahead. fruit takes a while. Oh, that's that's all I've done. I've yeah. never, ever actually done meat. I've only done fruit and vegetables. Yeah. So use that promo code Church and State. Uh, you'll get a discount and we'll get some of that money back. You can also donate directly to Church and State to continue our ministry here on the American Christian Network. If you love the content of the show, I uh, guarantee you're going to like this show. Uh, please consider donating to us. Just hit that donate button at churchandstate.media. And lastly, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. All right. Let's get, we need that like that. Let's get ready to rumble. I was going to say, we either need to have sound effects from YouTube. You pull them up if you can even, we don't have internet today, but we do have you. We're streaming off your phone. Either we have some type of like fireside, like, like sound of like a fire place going or either that Christian soaking music that I gave you, which I don't think he'll like that. I don't think he'll want that. I think that that might like trigger me him up it actually might cause him to lean more my direction if he has like some just ambient kind of like worship stuff going in the background you think so I, yeah you underestimate my ability to tune things out okay i've been married for years so you you, you, you either <laughs> no, get us no comment <laughs> for the thousands in attendance <laughs> here we go and the millions Ooh, watching good. around the world on hbo pay-per-view is this guy still ladies alive? and gentlemen i don't know from mandalay bay las vegas uh, let's get ready to rumble. It's a beautiful thing. All right, I'm, I'm going to start this thing off right, and I'm just going to throw some gold dust at you. Uh, dude, did it stick on me? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it's, it's on, on your me. shoulder it's now. There you go. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Gabe and I have both uh, done shows separately now. In the last couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we wanted to come together in one because our intention here, and, and look, we love each other. This guy is my brother. This is my I best friend. I love him. Absolutely. And we disagree on some things that are secondary issues, okay? Yeah, we're both going to heaven. Yes, absolutely. And, and when he gets there, he'll see that I'm right. So, but You sound just like a Calvinist there. <laughs> uh, but, but no, it, it, this is important for our audience to understand. Look, you can disagree on some secondary, and, and even some of these are like third-level issues, okay? You can disagree there without attacking somebody, without telling them that, that their belief is damning them to hell. We don't believe that here on Church and State, right. okay? I am what's called a cautious continuationalist, okay? I, I'm not a cessationist. Uh, and I and want our audience to understand. To our listeners what a cessationist is? Because so you hear that word and it sounds like a really big word. It's really not. It, it basically is the belief that the, the gifts of the Spirit have ceased, that you're not going to see healings or prophecy or anything like that anymore these days. I don't believe that, okay? I, I believe that, yes, the gifts have still occur. I just believe that they are not as like, you can't just tap into them, rub a genie like a lamp and, and poof, I can heal people or I can prophesy. I don't see that. That being said, I've seen legitimate healings. Okay. I've seen them with my own eyes. I've seen legitimate prophecy. Okay. So I'm not in that camp. But when I say I'm a careful continuationist, it means I don't necessarily just automatically think that every single person who says they're a prophet or an apostle or that they have the gift of healing, that that's entirely accurate. I, I'm very cautious and careful there. Would you like to expand on your belief at all? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely with you. I'm not a secessionist whatsoever. I believe that the gifts of the spirit are not only, uh, still going. I actually believe that they were going in the old Testament, but I believe something shifted in acts when, uh, he said, go, and wait, I, and there's a, 
X amount of days, you're going to get the helper. You're going to receive the helper. Something shifted. I don't. I can't define it. There is no way theologically uh, to pencil it out exactly or write a book about it. We don't know exactly how there was an application. I can put a theory out there. This is my theory, okay? I'm not going to write a book about this and say this is complete doctrine. But Caleb, I believe that when Jesus left the earth physically as a human being, he now was able to send the Holy Spirit to everyone because he came in human flesh. Now he's able to somehow send the Holy Spirit to everyone, specifically uh, humanity. Because we see Samson operating with the Holy Spirit. We see David operating with the Holy Spirit. We see, you know, you know, old time instances in the Holy in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit uh, the, shows up on the scene. The three clearly existed from the beginning of time. Right. I mean, when God says, let us create in our image, it is the, he's speaking to the, the triune God. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus Christ. They all existed at that time. Right. So what I, what I believe is these gifts, gifts clearly are here for this time and season and they did not go away. And there's there's a specific way to use them. I, I you know, Paul is very clear. We're going to talk in uh, uh, you know, less generalized terms. We're going to go through First uh, Corinthians 14. But these gifts, to me, it's like an arsenal. It's an armory that we need in these last days. Jesus was very, very. You know, a lot of people ask, "What is your job?" Like you, you and I, we talk about theology. It's very interesting when you pray in tongues. Everything you say is theologically correct. You, you didn't make one single mistake when you were praying in tongues. Now, you can pray at the wrong time and not edify others. But every time you pray in tongues, I'm telling you, your theology is 100%. You can't say that about theological things and, you know, just reading. But I do know this. The very essence of chapter 14, the very first thing that Paul says is love. He's, he's literally saying right at the top, Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So we can wash all this away. If, if you're not if you're not seeking God with a loving spirit, if you're, you, then you're you're completely wasting your time. You're a noisy gong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and let me just say something because, and, and I think maybe that you you said it in a way that you probably didn't intend to. You, when you're talking about tongues, and I agree with you, when you're praying in tongues, when when legitimately, as it's described yes. in, in, in with the writings of Paul. If you're faking it and you're just trying to be a show off, no. Yeah, but but you can also guarantee you're going to be 100% theologically correct when you're reading the word of God. Absolutely. Okay, so it's, yes, I, I would agree that when you're speaking legitimately in tongues that you are going to be theologically sound every single time. But you can also guarantee that you're going to be theologically sound every single time right. you're reading from the Word of God. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, so we, you, you're, you're talking dude. about tongues. I mean, you, you opened the door already. Let's talk a little bit about tongues because Chris, our, our, our brilliant producer and engineer over there, he asked about tongues. And so it's, it's a good place for us to start because I, I'm, I, and I'm not even sure. We, I think we probably agree more than we disagree on this subject. Yeah. I, I would say, Chris, ask that question. Can you verbalize that question on the mic there? Come on, man. He doesn't want to. Look at him. Uh, look, there's a lot of confusion. I can... I can in, is that 100% no? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> here, I'm going to try. You nod your head if I verbalize this correctly. Okay. He's basically asking the question, in a church service or, or just when, it, when an individual, a bystander is hearing tongues it's like a massive distraction um, because they don't understand it. And then he asked, 
Um, he, under, he, he understands how in the, the book of Acts, the Bible talks about how Peter and some of the other individuals were speaking in a tongue, but then foreigners could understand it. So it was an actual like Greek who could understand Peter, who's Jewish, doesn't necessarily speak Greek. They understood. So that's the instance that we see of an Acts. Chris is asking, what is the point of speaking in some unknown tongue? Is it, am, I, am I verbalizing that correctly? Okay. So, and, and you got to break this down when you're looking at tongues here. Okay. There, mm-hmm. There's, there's in it, the way I look at it anyway, there's really two different kinds of tongues, right? And, and, and then there's, there's different applications of those two tongues. So one is going to be earthly languages. The second one would be a heavenly language. Okay. But then you can apply those differently. When we read through Acts 2, you can clearly see that the apostles there, they were actually speaking in earthly languages. And what was the intention of that, right? So that everybody could hear the message of Jesus Christ, and then they could take that out to their communities, and everybody would be on page. And it was it was actually setting the stage for when they went out, when they started engaging in their ministry, because if you look at it overall, they're going out. They're going out to, to all different regions, but they've already heard from some of these individuals who were there when they saw Pentecost, and now they can say, I've, I've seen this, I've heard this, all right? So it's, it's setting the stage for the disciples' work. Now, the second application is going to be that heavenly tongue. Now, when we get into that, there's those different applications. There's that individual speaking in tongues that is mm-hmm. between you and the Lord, and I think it's an absolutely beautiful thing, Gabe. It really is. I don't speak in tongues personally, but I've seen real tongues, and I think it's a beautiful thing. But that is a language just between you and God. It's for a private event. Now, the second application would be for the edification of the body. Yeah. Let me, let me, you're, you're going really fast. Kind of slow down. We only slow have 25. Down. Slow <laughs> 27 down, minutes. my guy. First right. Corinthians 14, it really verbalizes this well. For he, verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however... In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. This is Paul. So this is this is confirming what we're both saying. And to you, Chris, just so you know, when if you were to see me at home working on my home or just like by myself, I am constantly speaking in tongues because I don't I, I don't. Paul even addresses it later. You don't even have to think about it, but you're speaking to God. And so, no, there is a point like think about it right now. During World War II, there was a thing called the Enigma machine. It actually could be used to decode Cherokee, and the Nazis couldn't understand it. Since the advent, I don't know all the purposes of speaking in the Holy Spirit. You can speak directly to God. Paul says it himself right here. You speak not to men, but to God. I don't know about you listeners out there, and I'm not even trying to hurt your feelings by saying this, but you can speak to God in a known tongue. Just talk to him. There's no reason why you can't. Just like you can't call Do your dad, all the time. you can call yeah. your dad. You call your dad all the time. Call your dad. There's also a way to speak to your father because sometimes you just don't have the words. You don't understand what to pray. You don't even know how to pray for your teenage son. You have no idea. You can pray in tongues. And sometimes you have to be outside of the realm of your own understanding because let's just be clear. Like we all have flesh, all three of us. There are times when your thresh, or your threshold of flesh is very high. And sometimes you're able to really see clearly when speaking tongues. That's just me personally. But Chris, does that help you understand? Because that's that's well, one of the points of like, it's 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 simply a way to talk to God, and and it's so it, there is a real legitimate purpose besides 
corporate because there is a corporate version of and, and that's what I think that's more specific what the question Chris had for us and mm-hmm. so that that second application of tongues right and and so when it's for the corporate body now Paul's very specific on this and, and I don't know if you and I are going to disagree this might be the point where we disagree to me and my understanding of reading the scriptures if there is a message in a, a heavenly tongue for the body it must be immediately preceded, or uh, yeah, uh, or it must be immediately uh, followed by a interpretation from a second individual. You cannot have somebody come yeah. in and speak, you know, something like blah, 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 and then be like, and let me tell you what it means. No, 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 that's not that's not biblically accurate. If you're going to have a message in a heavenly tongue for the body, you have to have a second person come up and interpret that. Yeah, and verse, then it's supposed to be weighed by the elders. Verse thirteen says, "Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret." Paul, like this, I love this chapter. Like, I know we like our own voices, but if we could let Paul talk, because he he's addressing a Corinthian church that's just going off in the spirit, and it's just unruly. It's chaotic. It's not efficient it's not good for anybody who comes in who's living in corinth who's never been around this well think about that gabe i mean i know you want paul to speak but think about that and paul paul addresses this you if somebody who is is unchurched and they walk into a church and it's just a whole bunch of people babbling in some language that multiple languages they they don't understand what are you going to what, what is your view going to be on that church these people are nuts right i don't know what's going on in there exactly and there's we'll get to that but the one who, this is Paul, but the one who prophesies, he's talking about prophecy versus like speaking in tongues. Cause Paul's very clear. He, he wishes everybody would prophesy cause it's actually helping. He says, but the one who prophesies speaks to the people for edification, exhortation and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue edifies just himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the whole church. Now I wish you all spoke in tongues. So he, he wants you. He wants me. This is Paul all, all to speak in tongues, but he'd rather you prophesy. Why do you think you'd rather? Because that's for the edification of the entire body. And it's everyone can understand it. Yes. Which also, I want to throw it to everyone out there. Another reason why prophecy still exists. The office of the prophet still exists. Cause so that's where we disagree. Like, like Paul just said it right here. I desire that you all prophesy. And not everybody can do it. Just like not everybody wants to speak in tongues, but some well, can prophesy. I just don't think the word office is simply just means some people have the ability to heal. It still happens today. Some people have the, the ability to prophesy. There's been times when I have prophesied. I don't know if I'm a prophet, though. Like, you got to be very careful. Do you, do you, let me ask you this. Do you believe prophecy exists? Yeah, and so I need, I need to make that distinction, right? Is mm-hmm. that, yes, I fundamentally believe that prophecy still exists, okay? And, and, you know, obviously you and I deal a lot in eschatology on this show, Prophecy is going to continue. You can see that, okay? My opposition is more in the official title of prophet, okay? So, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a difference there. There's a distinction there. You can prophesy, as you just said, mm-hmm. but you don't claim to be a prophet. You've had instances where it's, it's according to the will of God, just like with healing, right? Mm-hmm. It's God's will here. There's nothing man does that, that makes the healing occur or makes the prophecy happen. No, it's, it's according to the will of God. And he's going to move mm-hmm. as he sees fit. It's, it's beyond our understanding. The cool, so, the, the cool thing is, though, do you, go ahead, I'll let you finish. Well, I, I, that, I mean, that, that's just kind of the close on that one is, is, yes, I do believe in prophecy still occurring mm-hmm. 
in the modern times. It's just, I don't believe that we are, are going to continue to see prophets, the title of a prophets. And I feel the same way about apostles as well. Well, to me, Joel chapter two says in the last days, which I believe we're, we both agree we're in. You're, he wants to pour out, will pour out on all flesh. The Bible says he's going to give young men dreams. visions and old men dreams. So yeah. old men, young men get visions, which the cool thing is, is if you're having dreams, that means you're getting old, which I've been having a lot of dreams, which is confirmation that I'm, I must be getting old. And then he said, your women and men would prophesy young women, which is really cool because a lot of people try to say women can't prophesy. That's garbage. Joel chapter two says women will prophesy. And we talked about this. I know um, I threw this scripture out there. Philip, the guy who was translated and literally the Ethiopian yeah. eunuch who he was witnessing to, he had four daughters. Imagine having four daughters. Ben Newcomb, my good friend, has four daughters. They all prophesy. This is post this is, this is after the Acts revelation and the Holy Spirit being poured out. They are prophets. They don't have to, they don't have to say the title of, I, I have the office bearing. But I believe we're going to see even more young people prophesying and being spot on. Not like off, off the wall crazy stuff, but I believe prophecy, the Joel chapter 2 says it's going to exist. It's still, it's still coming and, out. And now, I, I agree, prophecy does still exist. I, we, we're, we're in unison on that topic, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the title, the, the office of prophet. So I don't dispute anything that you're saying with Joel, with the with with eschatology. We will see prophecy, a hundred percent. It's just that these this title, this official so do position. You, do you think people can be apostles? No, I don't believe that modern apostles exist at all. Do you think people can be prophets? So let, let, well, you, let's break okay, let's break both down real quick. Pastors or shepherds? Absolutely. I mean, we clearly see that. But here, so here's we the thing. Some? So so the apostle side of things, right? When we look mm -hmm. at when we look at this and we look at Acts, it's chapter one. It starts in fifteen, right? And so they're, they they uh, that what they need is Judas has obviously been he hung himself. He's he's done. Okay. And so then we move over to we need a replacement, and the replacement is Matthias, right? Mm -hmm. And so the qualifications uh, of, of, of Matthias to be an apostle is that one of those is that he had to have been there from the beginning, right? And it says in 21, therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these, it is necessary that we become a witness with us of his resurrection. So see, the apostle had to be somebody who existed from the beginning of Jesus's ministry all the way to the end of it, right? right. To, till but his death. Paul himself was not in that group. But Paul, and, and that's interesting that you bring this up because continuing on in Acts, uh, this is chapter nine. Uh, I think it starts in 27. Uh, this is when uh, Paul is trying to be among the disciples, all right? Mm -hmm. And they're rejecting him, they, they, and rightfully so. The guy, I mean, he's, he's killed people, you know, and, and he's been a great persecutor of the Christian faith, right? Barnabas, however, took him and brought him to the apostles and explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road, and he had talked to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. So even though Paul wasn't part of the original uh, that had been with Jesus from from the beginning so to the end. It, so it's kind of, we're getting, we're kind of getting, getting, more wedged so we can open up and say if you never physically were a part of jesus's ministry but he came to you and spoke to you then then you can be an apostle well and and here's the thing man after these men these these bold brave men uh of the founders of the faith mm -hmm. after they all passed on 
you don't see the apostle again. I mean, the the early church fathers, these are the ones who, right. who went out and continued see, the faith and the, debated. Here's, the, here's the, a funny thing, though. They do exist. John G. Lake was an apostle. You just I, don't. I don't you, yes, he was. Because you're, you're not using the word right. The apostle doesn't mean you have this iconic. The cool thing about watching The Chosen is this really opened my eyes up to Peter's just a regular guy. People get so hung up on like, these guys were the only apostles. Dude, Peter was a regular guy. John, I Philip, agree. Matthew. There's nothing special about them. Absolutely. In fact, they were they were foot washers. They didn't they didn't regard themselves more highly than Jesus. Like they 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 they, they understood their role. They didn't live on that term apostle. I think what's happening though is we're forgetting okay, Paul would have never said when he's talking about spiritual gifts and then he's talking about the body, he included apostles. He included prophets. You're talking he about Ephesians. Teachers. He included well, evangelists. And so let's discuss included, that. So I, I, I don't let me talk. So he wouldn't have brought those things up if they disappeared. He wouldn't have it would be like, hey, I believe that hands are only three fingered from now on. But he brought up all five fingers. He brought up all five ministries. The problem is, is people think that only certain people have keys to the kingdoms. A six year old can prophesy. A seven-year-old can heal. A 10-year-old could, you know, this is going to offend somebody. A 10-year-old could walk on water if it was done, like, for the edification. And, like, these things are all within the parameters. Jesus said to be conformed to his image, we would need the Holy Spirit, not a title, not a position. And the, only, the, the actual word apostle, it doesn't mean card-carrying like so-and-so. It literally comes from a Greek term of a ship that was sent out to other nations. And that's all it means. John G. Leake literally got on a ship. He drove across and got to Manhattan, boarded a ship, went to Africa, started church denominations that still exist today, to this very day. Left, came back to the United States, and they call him Apostle John G. Lake. And, that, and there's no way you can tell me he wasn't an apostle because I, I mean, by the I personally, very definition, I, he is an apostle. So I, I, I don't, I see, him, yeah, I see him as one that he did. He definitely was sent out. He, he did that. I would agree. But when you're examining Ephesians and what Paul wrote, that, that some were for, made to be apostles and prophets and all this, the, the fivefold ministry, as they call it, right? You have to understand that the, the context there as well. He was writing at a time when apostles still existed. Absolutely. They were still Are you most talking of them. John G. Lake or, or the. No, the, no, I'm talking about Paul, right? He, when he wrote this, the apostles still survived. Yet James had been, been killed by Herod, but see, most of the apostles were still alive during this time period. We had apostles even after that. If you, if you, st if you study the very people who were understudied by John himself, we, we have these Justinian, we have all these. These guys are like literally apostled by John himself. But they so never called themselves apostles. They actually did. Some of them did. And I can show you that. So the, these guys went to other nations and they didn't, they didn't like say it in the sense that I'm apostle Peter or I'm a, these guys just simply Timothy himself was an apostle. He went to, he had a church bigger than the, the apostles ever had. He was sent by the apostle Paul to go do the work of the ministry. Timothy, by virtue of what he did, was an apostle. He, he was sent out apostolically. Now, I think because Timothy wasn't a glory hound, he never called himself an apostle. You know what? We're going to have to do a part two. 
Yeah, we haven't finished the conversation. I mean, we're just basically scratching the surface on the apostles. We haven't talked about the prophets yet. So, um, I, and I figured this might happen, Gabe. But I mean, honestly, in, in closing, it's a good discussion. You both of us still love each other, right? You still love me, even Absolutely. though you're getting frustrated. No, I'm not frustrated. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, I, I just want everybody to know uh, it, it all fits in the same box. So there's no, there's like, there's no right or wrong as far as like doctrinally. This is just simply, do they still exist? Absolutely. All right. Stay tuned for part two. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Pastor Gabe, and a calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. The doctor that I recommend for all of your needs is the underground clinic doctor, Dr. Troy Spurl. Because Dr. Troy is the best doctor, bar none. You know, this is the great thing about officialsignups.com is it's in all 50 states. You don't have to be in, in Michigan or Minnesota. You can be in Hawaii, you can be in Florida, and you can find a doctor that you can trust. If you are still wearing a mask, if you have rolled up your sleeve and gotten all the jabs and all the boosters, then official signups is not for you. You want to go find the, one of those big pharma doctors that'll give you all the prescriptions you want and you can live a very sickly life well if you're looking for a, a doctor for yourself or maybe you're a doctor for your family or a doctor who's not going to push vaccines on you you want to go to officialsynapse.com you for sure need to mention church and state when you go to officialsynapse.com to take part in all the savings all the great deals for you and your family with the rise of the BRICS nations uh you've got a lot of nations that are gathering together and they're all doing a gold-backed currency the United States is not, and uh, the petrodollar is starting to fail. And my suggestion to all of you would be to get behind gold and silver because that is the currency that is always going to have value. I might not be a gold or silver guru, but I want to have something tangible in my hands at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every one of you go to BH dash pm.com all you got to do is look around and see that the price of of everything is increasing gold and silver is on the rise it's being artificially suppressed you want to schedule a consultation right now so that your families don't end up in the bread line and you're saying please sir can i have some more stop waiting what are you waiting for four years from now prices are going to be absolutely astronomical go to bh dash pm.com get a consultation now you definitely want to mention church and state it will get you the best prices it will get you the best consultation advice use church and state when you go to bh-pm.com mypillow.com has got more than just pillows you've got your slippers your bathrobes you have towels that actually dry you off not the kind you buy at walmart where it's just kind of a slick mess uh, they have got some of the best products out there the sheets are uh, absolutely incredible i think it's a thousand count it's it's the best products you can buy and the pillows even have silencer technology in it and so if, if you need a day where you're just going to scream into your pillow don't worry your neighbors won't hear you why would you want to go to bed bath and beyond first of all they're out of business you want to go support an american-made product go to mypillow.com and then you're also supporting one of the nation's most, I would say, Jesus-filled and a company that is completely, completely built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting a two-for-one there. You know you've won a good night's sleep for years. You, you're, you're, you're tossing, you're turning. Just go now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Church and State. C-H-U-R-C-H-A-N-D-S-T-A-T-E. 
That's church and state. You do not want to eat synthetic meat. If you if you can grow a meat in a lab, if, if you want to go ahead and have Soylent Green on the table, feel free to eat this garbage that Target's trying to throw out. But if you want actual meat that's been freeze-dried, it's been then processed by actual human beings, go to griddownchowdown.com. Look, the World Economic Forum has declared a war on red meat. They hate the cows. They hate the cow farts. There is supply chain issues. And uh, for me, you can pry my steak from my cold, dead hands. If you want a meat that's going to last freeze-dried 10 years or more, this is the product you want. I want all of you to go to griddownchowdown.com. Use the promo code Church and State. These are fantastic freeze-dried raw beef. The blood is still in it. You just rehydrate it and add it to your favorite meal and you are ready to go. And remember, the Holy Word of God tells us, for one person has faith to eat all things, while another who is weak eats only vegetables. That's Romans 14, 2. This was sacred to God. Now this is exactly why I need some action for my people. Everybody, it's an honor to be with you.